This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Some big news dropped this morning. After five decades in the state legislature, Mike Madigan finally decides he's going to call it quits. Today, the legendary political figure announcing that he will be resigning as a state representative effective at the end of this month. That's right. After the recent loss of his speakership and with continued questions about his involvement in the ComEd bribery scandal, the 78-year-old Democratic power player is calling it quits. In an email, Madigan thanked his family and highlighted what he sees as his chief accomplishments, raising the minimum wage, legalizing same-sex marriage, and protecting workers' rights. In a few minutes, we'll get reaction from two state reps, a Republican and a Democrat. But first, WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney joins us. Hi, Dave. Hey, Sushan. How are you? Doing well. Big news, Dave. What's running through your mind right now? Did you see it coming? Well, yeah, I mean, I think everybody kind of had this uh, general sense that Madigan's announcement was going to happen eventually. But but I have to say that there is just sort of a, a jolting sense that you get that it really finally happened. I mean, this is a man who has been around Springfield since he took office in 1971. I mean, I was in first grade then, and he had a hand in shaping our state constitution even before that. Wow. You know, he served under, uh, you know, nine governors and, and just he, he's, you know, multiple mayors. He's really kind of almost like the woodwork in the Capitol. You just every time you go in that building, you expect to to see him there and feel his presence. And and knowing that that's not there in any shape now, it's a massive reordering of the the political power structure in Illinois that we're seeing unfold. So we we might have seen it coming, Dave. But do we know what prompted Representative Madigan to make this announcement today, one day after the governor delivered his state of the state address? You know, I don't know that there's a direct relationship to the timing of the governor's budget speech and, and state of the state, but I do think that the reality is that he's already made his mind to kind of disengage. When he decided uh, last month not to seek a 19th term because support had faltered because of the ComEd investigation, we knew that that, that disengagement probably was going to continue in some way. There's a likelihood that lawmakers come back to Springfield you know, as early as mid-March. And I think you know, his preference would be to have somebody in place who can be in Springfield casting votes for his district when that time comes. So I think that that comes into play here. And of course, there's always the ever-present question about what's next in the combat investigation. Madigan hasn't been charged, but there's a, you know, there's, there's a feeling in the air, I think you could say, that, that he, he's clearly a focus of this investigation. And so what happens next is anyone's guess. His power has been on the decline for a few years now, largely but not entirely due to that ComEd bribery scandal that I mentioned. Remind us, Dave, what we did learn about Madigan and his associates as part of that scandal. You know, there's just been a succession of these kind of seismic events surrounding Madigan dating back to last summer. I mean, it was back in July when, when ComEd and the U.S. Attorney's Office, John Lausch, uh, released this 38-page court filing in which ComEd acknowledged that they had engaged in a, a long-running 
bribery effort in Springfield to advance their legislative interests. And, and it was all built around trying to curry favor with the speaker. They acknowledged in, the, in this filing that they had spent about, I think it was a little more than a million three to uh, hire Madigan associates, people who were in his political organization in no work utility jobs and basically no work utility contracts. And it was all, as I mentioned, an effort to try to win influence with the speaker. Madigan, for his part, said, yeah, I, I did go to bat for some of these people. I was hoping that Comed would hire them. What's wrong with seeking a job for a supporter? But he, he has stressed that he, he knew nothing at all about this being part of some strategy by the utility company to bribe him. That's really at the heart of, of all of this, that that document he was identified as public official A, uh, I believe it was 72 times. So, you know, it was clear he, he's, he's been an object of the Fed's attention since last summer. Madigan was top dog in Springfield for many, many years. And you covered him so closely for decades, Dave. Tell us more about what he's like. And I'm wondering if earlier in your career, if you could have ever imagined this scenario that's played out in this past month here. I mean, I think a lot of people sort of envisioned him leaving office on a stretcher, you know, in, in, in the tradition of Richard J. Daley, you know, who, who was his political mentor. But he had the nickname Velvet Hammer, which uh, one of my old colleagues at the Sun-Times, I think, coined back in the in the 70s because he carried such force, but yet could kind of like just do it, you know, in such a, a deft way that uh, there, there was polish to it. He was very disciplined. Early in his career uh, as, as speaker, I mean, it was sort of always difficult to uh, know for sure what his true ideology was. It's been said that, you know, really his kind of driving ideology in all of those years when he held the gavel was just basically maintaining the majority in the Illinois House. And he mm-hmm. did that for 36 out of 38 years. And that, that you know, he became speaker in 1983, longest tenured speaker in American history at any state house or the U.S. House of Representatives. People who say that they saw this coming, I think there are a few of them, you know, before before all of this happened with ComEd. There had been a series of, of things that had kind of rocked his organization, if you recall. I mean, yeah. there were Me Too issues. Uh, Elena Hampton, one of his former aides, uh, was driven out in a uh, sexual harassment scandal. Before that, uh, you know, he had uh, a patronage scandal at Metra that was embarrassing for him. And it, and it almost seemed that there was sort of like this kind of erosion of the Madigan granite-like presence that it just kept kind of chipping away a little bit. Yeah. But you, you never had a sense that it was going to just completely crack up as, as it has the last month or so. This WBEZ state politics reporter, Dave McKinney, he's going to be sticking with us as we continue to process this very big news out of Springfield today. In the meantime, I do want to bring in Illinois State Representative Tom Demmer. The Dixon Republican is the Illinois House Deputy Minority Leader. Representative Demmer, welcome to Reset. Thanks very much. We had planned to speak with you about Governor J.B. Pritzker's State of the State Address, and and we will in just a moment, Representative. First, I want to get your reaction to Mike Madigan's announcement that he's going to resign in about 10 days here. Well, it's certainly a monumental political story in Illinois. Um, You know, there's not many folks who have had an impact on Illinois politics for over a half century. So this is a, a really significant development today. Um, although, in, you know, in, I think in some ways it sort of feels like the inevitable sequel that follows from an equally significant story earlier in January where, uh, for the first time in, in decades, um, the Illinois House elected someone other than Mike Madigan to be speaker. Yeah. You know, so a lot of times I think you see 
uh, somebody who's especially has been in a, a leadership position like that for so long, uh, once they're no longer in that uh, top spot, the you know, resignation from the chamber usually follows. Many Democrats would say, despite that ComEd scandal, uh, Madigan served the people of Illinois well and that he was a public servant who got things done. What is your assessment of his impact on the state? Well, you know, I, I think uh, anybody who's been around um, over that long period of time uh, can point to various things that they had an involvement in and, and were the result of. But I think we should be careful to not say that the ends justify the means here. Speaker Madigan has also been the subject of a number of uh, investigations for questionably legal and unethical practices uh, over the course of decades. And, you know, to point to simply the, what he would say is the highlights of the career and ignore the other side, I, I think uh, does a disservice to the people of Illinois. Uh, there were certainly a number of problems that uh, the speaker was directly involved in as well, both from the functioning of the House of Representatives as a you know, transparent and collaborative body, as well as things that happened on the, on the political side or sort of under the table um, and led to you know, I think a reputation uh, of dealing in a way that wasn't exactly above board. All right. Well, I do want to spend a few minutes getting your thoughts on, on Governor Pritzker's State of the State address, which he delivered just a day ago. Here's a bit of that. Let's listen. The general funds budget I present for fiscal year 2022 spends $1.8 billion less than fiscal year 2021. It reflects $400 million in additional cuts to appropriations, a hiring freeze, flat operational spending, full required pension payments, and the closure of unaffordable corporate loopholes. What did you take away from that address yesterday? A large focus of the governor's speech and uh, the way that he makes his budget work is uh, by closing what he calls to be corporate loopholes, um, almost a billion dollar impact there. These corporate loopholes are for example, a private school scholarship program for low-income families. Uh, he's calling that a corporate loophole. It's not a corporate loophole. I mean, this is this is a program that was put into place with bipartisan support. I mean, even just last month, uh, as the, the Legislative Black Caucus was considering bills, they proposed increasing the size and scope of that scholarship program. Now he's calling to cut in half. Um, that's not a corporate loophole. These other proposals, you know, several of them are items that uh, we negotiated during the passage of the Capitol bill in the governor's first year in office. Democrats in the legislature supported those. The governor Pritzker himself signed them into law, and now he's turning on them and calling them corporate loopholes and saying that you know we need to raise taxes on on businesses across Illinois who have frankly borne a significant uh, burden during the the uh, COVID yeah. closures and changes. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a very short-sighted path and. And one that, frankly, takes away some of the things that was were helping to make Illinois more competitive with uh, states around us. That's something that you know we've been focusing on for several years: is how do we can we uh, spur economic development? How can we attract new jobs into Illinois um, and reverse some of the losses that we've been seeing? As I mentioned earlier, Governor Pritzker called out Republicans yesterday. Two months ago, I asked Republicans in the General Assembly for their proposals to close this year's budget deficit. I was met with silence. He said he asked Republicans for ideas to balance the budget two months ago and got nothing. What budget ideas or suggestions do you and your colleagues have? 
Well, first, we've said that we need to have uh, appropriations committee meetings. You know, you can't put together a state budget without conversation, collaboration, and involvement with the agency directors and department heads who are carrying out these multi-billion dollar budgets across state government. The governor has demonstrated that, you know, he wants to send a message that he's, um, you know, watching spending, but then none of these suggestions have ever been shared and ever, ever come to fruition. I think that's an issue. We need to sit down with these department heads and say, what did you identify in response to this? What are the options? What are the impacts that it would have on your department? And I think through a collaborative process like that is how we can put together a reasonable budget. That's Illinois House Deputy Minority Leader Tom Demmer, Republican from Dixon. Representative, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Still with us is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Dave, let's get back to former Speaker Mike Madigan. Do we know what's next for him and what's next for his seat? Well, Sasha Ann, I mean, we, we know that he's planning to retain the chairmanship of the state Democratic Party. Um, that is a term that runs through next year. Uh, it's a little unclear to me how that's going to work. We, you know, there, there's a likelihood, I guess, we haven't heard for sure what Governor Pritzker's plans for re-election are, but, you know, he could be on the ballot. Tammy Duckworth is on the ballot for re-election. Uh, and then the whole cast of statewide characters. And what we've seen Republicans do, of course, in the last four or five election cycles, and the last one in particular, they've really held Madigan up as a, you know, a point of just, you know, feature in their advertisements and, and such. And so I think any time that, that Madigan can be used, uh, the Republicans are going to do it. And so what do Democrats really want there? Yeah. That there's, uh, you know, of course, the uh, in the uh, in his legislative district, there's a question about who replaces him. Uh, that's a that's a district on the southwest side near Midway Airport that has, you know, over the last few decades has increasingly become more diverse. Uh, there, There is a growing Latino population there, mm-hmm. growing Muslim population. And, and so I think, you know, there's a bit of a tug of war there potentially about who replaces him. But Madigan will have, you know, a, will yeah. have basically the say. And they come back to Springfield, I think, in mid-March. So I'd expect to have that ironed out before then. Well, Dave, let's hear from Madigan's own party. Joining us now is State Representative LaShawn Ford. His district includes parts of Chicago's west side and western suburbs. Representative Ford, welcome back to Reset. Uh, thank you for having me on Reset. What's your reaction to the news about Mike Madigan? Well, you know, we knew that uh, the day would come that Mike Madigan would resign. And um, today um, he announced it. So, you know, all things come to an end. So it's not shocking to me that he resigned after he wasn't able to uh, maintain the speakership. Well, over the summer, you stepped up to defend him. You know, he was still speaker then, and, and lawmakers from both sides were calling for his resignation. Why did you back him then? When you're um, in politics, you have to make sure that you sort of play your cards right. And I think that the loyalty uh, was repaid because we now have uh, Speaker Welch and um, Speaker Madigan help spearhead the um, first black speaker of the House in Illinois. We supported Madigan, and you don't just jump ship mm-hmm. because people are going through something. There's a process, and the process worked. Do you think his absence will give Democrats in Springfield more leeway to, to legislate creatively and, and perhaps get bipartisan bills passed? There will be um, um, more—there will be a change— But one of the things that you know when you have a person with experience, they've seen a lot of 
pitfalls, and that's why rules were put in place to avoid repeating the pitfalls. There will be changes, and there will be challenges as we move forward, but I do believe that with our new speaker, Welch, he's prepared, and I do think that um, more bills will be let out of rules because we voted on that, and every bill will now see a hearing, and people should be happy that that's going to happen. But I think that it's clear that Mike Madigan's um, tenure had come full circle, and he realized that as well, because he didn't get what you call defeated. He withdrew his nomination as a candidate for the speaker, and he opened up and supported Representative Welch to be the Speaker of the House. Well, Representative, you say all things come to an end. So what do you think Mike Madigan's legacy is going to be? And and how deep a stain do you think that the ComEd bribery scandal will leave on it? Well, anytime you have a situation where there's negative press, it's going to always be there. And take it from me, I know. Um, But one thing for sure, you can't take away. As an African-American, I would say that we've had our challenges with the unions. But the truth about Mike Madigan's tenure, he has made Illinois a strong, a strong union state. And he has made sure that it remained blue for Illinois. And I think that his, his legacy would be that he um, maintained a strong Democrat state and he stood strong for Democratic principles. That's Democratic State Representative LaShawn Ford. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Let me pivot back to WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Dave, you're still with us. Uh, Tell us, is it even possible you heard me asking the representative there about Madigan's legacy? Can we talk about legacy before we actually get a final conclusion to the ComEd scandal? Well, I mean, that's certainly the capstone on his career. And if he, you know, if he somehow evades being charged in, in, in all of this, uh, I think, you know, that, that certainly creates a different cast on his career than, than if he gets in, indicted and, you know, if there's a trial. I think that, um, you know, I think that there, ha- there has been, as uh, Representative, uh, you know, Ford talked about, you know, that stain, that, uh, that bad press. I mean, whatever you want to call it, that, that now is kind of a, a defining thing. When we, when we hear Mike Madigan's name, we think about some of these tawdry allegations against him surrounding bribery, surrounding you know, the high cost of our utility bills, I mean, that being pinned on him somewhat because of, of what ComEd was able to do. Yeah. So I, think, I do think that we have to see the resolution of the ComEd case before we know really what that legacy is. And briefly, what is next in that scandal? Case. There are cases uh, pending right now. I mean, uh, the, the former CEO and president of ComEd, Ann Promajori, uh, Madigan's one of his closest advisors, uh, Michael McLean, and uh, a couple of others are, are under indictment right now. And their cases are, are still in the federal court system, pushed off until the spring. Uh, we don't have a trial date set for those. I do think that there has to be some kind of sense as to, is Madigan going to be charged? And I think that's the great unknown question right now around town as people kind of watch the way the feds are moving on ComEd. Well, I mentioned Madigan emailed his statement of resignation. 30 seconds, Dave, tell us, what do you think your assessment on him is biggest wins and biggest losses? 
Biggest wins. I mean, you, the state has changed radically over the years. I mean, you know, gay marriage, the abolition of the death penalty. You know, you drive uh, along Lakeshore Drive and see uh, a renovated soldier field or along the Dan Ryan, you see the guaranteed rate field. Those all bear Mike Madigan's imprint. On the defeat side, you know, again, I think, you know, having the Me Too problems in his political organization, that really was sort of the first crack in his power, yeah. uh, Elena Hampton and, and such. And it really kind of created a toxic feel to that political organization. And and so I think that, you know, that counts as a loss and, and a stain, as does what we know so far about ComEd. Well, we could dissect this story all day, and we actually will in, in the coming days, but we're going to stop there for now. As always, thank you so much for sharing your expertise. WBEZ's Dave McKinney. Thanks much. And that's today's Reset. For deep dives into the news and stories from people working to make Chicago a great place to live, or for conversations about the arts, we've got it all for you here at Reset. Just make sure you're subscribed and tell a friend. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.